If you have your Bibles, turn to Psalm 22. And we are kicking off our Lent series in Psalm 22. It's a psalm that many people don't know, but when Christ was hanging on the cross, he was quoting from Psalm 22. Psalm 22 is a foreshadowing of what was going to take place on Calvary's cross. And today, as you know, we're in a year-long series on Psalms, and, and so for the, uh, our, our time in Lent, we will be focusing in Psalm 22. I got to tell you, we're not going to get very far in Psalm 22. <laughs> I make that declaration that we're probably only going to get one word in. Maybe a sentence, I don't know. But we're going to look today at uh, Psalm 22 and the question, why? Can you say that, that word with me? Why? why? See, David was the first to, to write this word. And then years later, Christ would be the one who would actually take from Psalm 22 and say those powerful words, why have you forsaken me? Let's go to Psalm chapter, uh, chapter 22. If you're with me, let me hear an amen. amen. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me, so far from the words of my groaning? I think you're probably a lot like me, and there's been a few times in my life and yours where the only thing you could say is, why? There's a lot that, lot that we could say today about what's going on in our world, and we would simply start by asking the question, why? Why is Russia invading Ukraine? Why is there a million point two refugees who just a few weeks ago were singing, how great thou art, and now they find in themselves fleeing the country that they love, just like you love America, the country they love, they're fleeing now with their sons and daughters and leaving their fathers and husbands behind to fight. Why? Why is inflation at an all-time high? Why does it cost me $5 for a gallon of gas? Why is there so much division in our country? Why did my son die? Why did I have to be the one faced with cancer? Why did my wife 
leave me. Why did my business fail and I had to file for bankruptcy? And the questions go on and on and on. I don't know about you, but I find great comfort in the fact that David, a man after God's own heart, was brave enough to ask the tough questions. So much so that Christ would quote David out of Psalm 22 and say, my God, my God, why? You've asked it a million times. And I'm here to tell you today, it is okay to ask why. It's okay. It's good enough for David, it's good enough for me. I don't know that you're going to get the answer that you're looking for, but it's okay to ask why. In our humanity, it's okay to say, God, what is going on and why is this happening to me? It's comforting to me that, 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 that David wasn't the only one who asked why. Jesus wasn't the only one to ask why. There's a ton of godly men and women who asked, like you do, in the midst of sorrow and grief and pain and uncertainty, why? Moses, in, in Numbers chapter 11, why have you brought this trouble upon your servant? David, why do you stand far off and why do you hide yourself from me in times of trouble? Habakkuk says, why do you tolerate the treacherous? Why do you silence while the wicked swallow up those more righteous than themselves? I love this one. Joshua said, why did you ever bring this people across the Jordan River to deliver us into the hands of the Amorites? Jeremiah says, why is my pain unending and my wound grievous and incurable? Job says, why have you made me your target? The disciples said, why was this guy born blind? I love what Anne Frank said. She says, the word why not only has taught me to ask, but it also has taught me to think. And thinking has never hurt anyone. On the contrary, it has done us all a world of good. I think it's okay to ask why. In fact, we're in a year-long series on Psalms, and I just did a couple of these, and I, I won't go long, but, but, but there are some heartfelt, some, some, some raw, some deep, sincere and profound questions that David asked in Psalm. Psalm 10:11, why do you stand afar off? Psalm 42, why have you forgotten me? Psalm 43, why do you cast me off? Psalm 44, I love it. Why are you sleeping? Psalm 74, why have you withdrawn your hand? And why have you hidden 
your face. I've got a couple of questions why. Why is abbreviated such a long word? Why is lemon juice made with artificial flavor and dishwashing liquid made with real lemons? Why is the third hand on the watch called a second hand? Why is it that rain drops but snow falls? Why is it the time of the day with the slowest traffic is called rush hour? Why is the man who invests all my money called a broker? This keeps me up at night, like I'm sure it does you. Why isn't there mouse-flavored cat food? Why does the sun lighten our hair but darken our skin? Why doesn't glue stick to the inside of the bottle? For all of you fans of government, you'd love this one. Why do they call the Department of Interior when all they're in charge of is everything outdoors? <laughs> and most importantly, why doesn't Tarzan have a beard? <laughs> this past week has been a tough week for the Georgians. Tough week. I've asked the question why a few dozen times. The past four days, I have been up all night, working all day, and I'm perplexed and I have the question why. And here it is. Why do trees, trees, have to shed their leaves every year? <laughs> I woke up on Wednesday. I had not one blower, not two blowers, but three blowers to my disposal. I worked for hours upon hours and hours trying to rid my sidewalk, my pool, my driveway, my street from the leaves. Confident that I had conquered the world, I woke up on Thursday morning, more leaves. Why? We talked last week about bearing one another's burdens. And I was so burdened by this, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, that I actually brought a bag of leaves here today. And my question to you and my question to God is, why? <laughs> Never-ending. Relentless. Just when you think you got it whipped, it just rises up and the wind blows and there's just more leaves. In fact, I bottled up these leaves and as you leave today, there's going to be a, a gift of appreciation from Pastor Scott, why? Now, I know there's intelligent people here today that you're going to have a scientific reason why trees shed their leaves every year, but your answer doesn't bring comfort to me. 
Your intellect doesn't impress me. I'm frustrated over the fact that I've invested 10, 20, 30 hours of my week picking up leaves. Why? Now, I knew it would be tense in here the first couple of minutes. I had to <laughs> lighten it up for a few moments, so just give me a break here. But whether it's the leaves falling in your pool and your sidewalk, or a financial situation that you're faced with, or a sickness that you can't ever get rid of, we all, like Jesus, like David, like Jeremiah, like Moses, like Job, why God? And as we kick off Lent, we're going to discover that God has a beautiful truth on those people who ask the question, why? Let's, let's say that word together one more time. Why? Let's go real quickly to Judges, and that's in the Old Testament. We're going to segue and go to Judges chapter 6. And I've got a wonderful story that I want to share with you today. We're not going to be long, but I want to go to Genesis, uh, Judges chapter 6, and we're going to look at a a young man by the name of Gideon. Gideon. His name means to cut down. He was fighting the Midianites. The word Midianite means strife. How many of you have ever found that when you are in the middle of strife and stress and anxiety and fear, that that's usually the time that you ask the question, why? And here was Gideon faced with the Midianites. The Midianites were causing strife and stress and anxiety and fear and intimidation. And, and inside himself, he didn't see himself as having the ability of being victorious against the Midianites. And in the middle of his weakness, in the middle of his pain, in the middle of his sorrow, God showed up and spoke a word to Gideon, and I think it's a word for you, it's a word for me, when we are asking the question why, when we don't see ourselves as victorious, when we are overwhelmed with life, the same words that God spoke to Gideon, he speaks to you today. And this story that took place thousands of years ago is relevant today, and it helps us when we ask the question, why? If you're with me, let me hear an Amen. Judges chapter 6, we're looking at verse uh, 12 through 16. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. I like that. Pardon me, Lord, Gideon replied. But if the Lord is with us, here it is, if the Lord is with us, why has this happened to us. Where are his wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, did not the Lord bring us out of Egypt, but now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hands of the Midianites. And the Lord turned to him and said, go in the strength you have and save Israel out of the Midianites' hands. Am I not sending you? Pardon me, Lord, Gideon replied. But how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my family. And the Lord answered him, I will be with you, and you will strike down all the Midianites, leaving none alive. 
I love this interaction. I love this story. I love the fact that God shows up when Gideon was feeling the weakest. He was feeling insecure. He was frustrated. He was mad at the world. He didn't understand what was going on. And he even asked the question, why? If you're so good, then why has this happened to us? And in the middle of this conflict that's healthy, God speaks some powerful words today that I believe is going to help you and I when we are tempted to ask the question, why? We may not ever get the answer we're looking for. It may be that one day we'll get our answers answered in heaven. I don't know, but it's okay and it's healthy to ask the question, why? And Gideon does that in this story. Why, if you're so good, why is this happening to me? Here's the first thing that I think God speaks to Gideon. I think he's speaking it to me, and he's speaking it to you today. The first thing, number one, look at your notes there. After you ask why, you need to receive his comfort and see yourself as God sees you. What does God say to, to Gideon? He says, the Lord is with you. There's the comfort. And then he says this, you mighty warrior. Watch this. He didn't just call him a warrior he called him a mighty warrior. You know what you and I need to do in the midst of our questions? We need to receive the comfort that God has for us, and we need to see ourselves as God sees us. And God spoke to Gideon. Gideon, I know you feel insecure. I know you're confused. I know you're fearful. I know you're afraid. I know you're of the weakest clan, but I see you, Gideon, as a mighty warrior. See in yourself as God sees you. And in the midst of your fear, in the midst of your worry, in the midst of your confusion, in the midst of your frustration, you've got to stop for a moment and you've got to receive the comfort that only God can give and you've got to start seeing yourself as God sees you. And God declared over Gideon, you, my friend, Gideon, are a mighty warrior. When you begin to do that, it begins to put a little pep in your step. And you begin to, begin to see yourself as God sees you. And it gives you the ability to fight through any whys. Last night, Austin and I were, uh, after dinner, we watched what I would say is a historical basketball game. Regardless of who you are rooting for, it was Duke against North Carolina. And it was Mike Krzyzewski's last home game. For those of you who don't know much about basketball, it's okay. I'm, I'm going to give you the Cliff Notes version here. He's been the head coach at Duke for 42 years. He's the winningest coach of all time. He's got 15 ACC championships, 12 Final Four appearances, Five national championships and 1,196 wins. They call him Coach K. And as Austin and I were watching this game in our living room, I was amazed at the end of the game he gave a speech. And the, 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 the TV crew panned to the audience. Obviously, it was a packed out house. And there was dozens and dozens and dozens of former players. Many of them multi-millionaires. 
that flew in on private jets to be there for this last home game of Coach K. Many of them, tears dripping down their cheeks, grown men visibly moved by this last home game of Coach K. And I couldn't help but think, it probably wasn't that Coach K was the most brilliant of coaches. It probably wasn't the X's and O's. I believe why those guys were crying during this beautiful moment, honoring the winningest coach of all time. I believe the reason why they were there and the reason they were crying and the reason the fans were cheering and, and, and clapping was because Coach K had the ability, watch this, to empower his players to see themselves bigger than what they were. That's why they were there. They weren't there because Coach K was, was, was brilliant at X and O's and plays. They were there because they came as 18-year-old little kids, not having a clue in the world what life was about. And this man, with a 42-year history, had the power and the ability, and I would say the anointing, to speak into young boys' life and show them that they are bigger than what they really are. That's why they were there. And in this story in Judges chapter 6, God shows up on the scene when Gideon was weak, he was tired, he was fatigued, he was insecure, and God showed up and said, I don't see you as the weakest, I see you as a mighty warrior. And when you begin to see yourself like God sees you, you, my friend, will have the ability and the power and the strength to fight any mountain and be victorious in the midst of your wise. When Gideon said, why is this happening to us? God says, you're a mighty warrior, Gideon. And I want you to see yourself as God sees you. God believes in you. God loves you. He is the winningest coach of all time. And he says to you today, see yourself as I see you. You're a mighty warrior. If you're still with me, let me hear an amen. amen. Number two, the second thing I get out of this beautiful story in Judges chapter 6 is that not only are we supposed to receive his comfort and see ourselves as God sees us, but number two, you need to walk in the strength that you have as God sends you forward. Now, where do I get that from? Verse 14, God says, Gideon, I want you to go in the strength you have. Am I not sending you? Now, is there anybody here today that, that, that you have been at a point where you have no more strength left? Is there anybody? I've been there. The Bible says of another hero, David, he was attacked at Ziglag and his men turned on him. And the Bible says David cried until he had no more strength strength. Now, we all want to have a lot of strength. We all want to be at 100%. But can we just be honest for a couple minutes? There's really none of us that are 100% all the time. There's going to be times when you are not 100%. There's going to be times where you're down to 10, down to 5, 
down to one. You've been there. I've been there. And I used to feel bad about that. I used to say there's something wrong with me, Scott. You're a man of faith. You're a pastor. You're a preacher. You've got to have more strength. But what I love about this story is God says to Gideon, Gideon, you're a mighty warrior, and I want whatever strength you have, I want you to walk in that strength. And that makes me feel good because that means that if I'm at 1% and that's all I have, it's good enough for God. And if you're depressed and you're confused and you're fearful, and you're lonely, and your gas tank is on E, that's okay. Whatever you have, walk in the strength that you have because God is with you. And by the way, there's nothing to be ashamed about being on empty. Life has a way of emptying us, does it not? And that's why Watch this, church. As we are concluding on this pandemic that has rocked our world and rocked our church and rocked our denomination, we've got to make sure that we are gathering together on a regular basis because there is power in numbers. The Bible says do not forsake coming together, because when you come together, I encourage you, you encourage me, and together we get the strength that we need to face our wise and walk in victory. So as we move forward, remember the power of togetherness. Remember the power of you being here, you being a blessing to me, me being a blessing to you, you being a blessing to someone else. You do that and suddenly you get strength. And I don't care if you're 1% or 99%, whatever level you're at, walk in the strength that you have because God is with you. How are you all with me this morning? And then number three, quickly. Bruce, you can go to the keyboard. Receive his comfort and see yourself as God sees you. Walk in the strength you have as God sends you. And then number three, accept his presence as God is glorified through you. Look at verse 16. God says, I will be with you and you will strike down the Midianites. I thought God was supposed to strike down the Midianites. God, this is your job. You're God. I'm not. And God says to Gideon, Gideon, I'm going to be with you in your weakness. I'm going to be there walking that strength. And Gideon, I'm going to empower you. Everyone say you. 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 You're going to do it. I like that. I mean, I like when God does it. I really like it when I do it. I like it when you do it because it gives you confidence. It gives you a boost that you need. We all need a, we need a victory every once in a while. I took Austin out to golf this week on Thursday. Got him a lesson on Wednesday, went golfing on Thursday. I'm so proud that he got up there and it was hole number 14, 545 yard I would love to tell you he hit a hole in one. He didn't hit a hole in one. 
I would love to tell you that he got an eagle. Didn't get an eagle. Love to tell you that he got a bogey. Didn't get a bogey. But Austin stood up there on number 14 and just ripped one right down the middle. And he looked at me with a smile on his face. That's a victory, right? Now watch this. His golf coach didn't do that. I didn't do it. Austin did it. And there's something about when God allows you and me to get a victory. It lessens the whys and it helps us to lift our eyes a little bit and see that God is a big God. And when you put your uh, trust in him, he goes with you and he will use you to defeat the Midianites in your life today. Listen. Nothing's going to change the fact that you're, you and I are going to ask why. We'll do that for the rest of our lives. I want you to ask the question why. But beyond that, I want you to begin to see yourself as God sees you. Receive his comfort. Receive his presence and receive the victory that he wants to give you in the midst of your whys. And I learned from Gideon that when you are weak, he is I've seen it over again. Many times. I will leave from this experience and I'll go to myself. What in the world was I talking about up there? I just didn't feel like I connected. Didn't feel like I made an impact. Inevitably, every single time I feel like that, a person walks up to me and looks me eye to eye and says, Pastor Scott, I needed that. What is that? In our weakness, he is strong. And when you ask those questions in your weakness and your strength is at zero, God stands back and says, you're a mighty warrior and I'm with you and I'm going to be glorified through you if you will look to me to be your strength in the middle of your whys. On the front of your notes, I had the word why and I had a blank. I want you to, to write in today what your why is. Whatever it is. Between you and the Lord, we're not going to turn this in. We're not going to send it into the denomination. This is for you to identify what your why is. And when you identify what your why is, you, like Gideon, can look to God for strength and courage and purpose in the midst of your whys. I had another why moment this week. No, it wasn't about the leaves. Found out this week that our denomination, United Methodist Church, who's in a bitter division on Scripture and believe in God's Word. The leadership of the United Methodist Church delayed yet again the vote on the protocol and delayed it till. I believe May of 2024. Unexplainable. Speechless when I got the announcement. Confused, angry, disappointed. And in the middle of my whys, God encouraged me like he did Gideon. Scott, when you are weak, then you're strong. In the midst of your whys, 
press forward in the strength that God gives you. And if God could do it for Gideon, he's going to do it for Pine Castle United Methodist Church. And we will move forward and be victorious in Jesus' name. Can I get an amen? Let's stand up together. Across the auditorium just for a moment before we're dismissed. If I had time to go to Starbucks with every single one of you today, I would, this week I would ask you, tell me your why. Tell me your why. And whatever it is, I would tell you to go in the strength that God gives you, in the peace that he gives you, in the comfort that he gives you, in the power that he gives you. And he calls you today, mighty warrior. I don't know how we're going to get through it as a church. I don't know how we're going to get through it as a family. I don't know how we're going to get through it individually, but I do know this. When I am weak, then he is strong. And we will be victorious through Jesus Christ. Let's pray together. Father, thank you so much for the power of your word that comforts us and encourages us in spite of our weakness and our lack of strength. God, we declare that we are weak, that we don't know what to do, we don't know where to go, but we do know this, we're going to lift our eyes to the hills. Where does our help come from? Our help comes from the maker of heaven and earth. God, as a denomination, as a church, we humbly ask for you to give us direction and guidance and give us the victory over the spirit of strife. The Midianites that have come in and caused strife, I pray, God, you would give us the ability to be like Gideon and be strong and courageous and see the victory through Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray for each person that is struggling today. I pray they will receive your comfort, your peace, your encouragement, your love, your acceptance. Call them God, mighty warrior, and let them hear your delight over them today and give them the power to be victorious through Jesus Christ. God, we thank you for it and we give you the praise. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May you hear the Spirit of God declare over you, mighty warrior, as you face every question and every why. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you. You can get the leaves on the way out. Bless you. <laughs>